she was telling me, she was like, the funny thing is, I don't even know why I'm here today. She's like, I just fed this feeling that I need to come here and eat and get my food and take it home to my family. We've already got food at home, but I just called them and said, I'm coming here to get food, take it home. And she said, and they messed up my order. I should have been gone like 30 minutes ago. And then you sat down and I felt like I needed to tell you about this book. And so I was like, okay, this is just a little bit crazy. So I love Hello, fellow Earthlings. Welcome to the Becoming the Big Me podcast. I'm your host, Jamila Burney, and together we will be stepping into our highest potential, exploring all things mind, body, and soul with just a smidge of business. You're a spiritual badass, soulpreneur, and a warrior for change. You're ready to expand your impact and leave your old self behind in order to raise your vibration so that you can positively influence your business, your community, and ultimately the world. Without further ado, let's dive right into it. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Becoming the Big Me podcast. Today I have with me Evans Poopman. He is a coach and consultant who helps social entrepreneurs and change makers create a profitable, profitable, purpose-driven online business, which aligns with their core values and serves their ideal customers. He's also the host of the Infinite Impact Radio podcast and creator of the Infinite Impact Method. Hello, Evans. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. That was, it's a little bit of a tongue twister saying <laughs> purpose-driven, profitable. Yeah, I know. It's, I do that on purpose to throw everybody off and get, get things off like in a fun way. So it, I'm doing great though. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to bring you here. I know that you have a really uh, powerful message and story to share, and I'm really excited to dive into that. So let's just go ahead and get rolling with this. Can you tell us a little bit about you, kind of your background, your history? Sure. Um, How far back you want me to go? We can go back really far. (laughs) I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll take you back, because I think this is sort of a cool story. Um, There was a time before I got into entrepreneurship, it was right before I started my entrepreneurial journey, I was a personal trainer and I was burnout, not happy, not, you know, just not fulfilled in any way really. Um, And I reached a point where I was a little bit, you know, desperate and not knowing what I wanted to do. I knew I loved working with people and helping them like change their lives when I'd see that change, but I, there was something else going on. It just wasn't connecting right. And I remember this day that I was out, uh, I went for a ride. I went to see my friends and I'm coming back and I live down near the coast of South Carolina. So I'm blessed to have this beautiful Island Isle of Palms and Sullivan's Island, two islands actually, with the beach right there. So I took the beach ride on the way back just to soak in the air and enjoy the atmosphere. And as I turned back onto the mainland, I'm getting ready to cross, well, I was getting ready to cross the bridge onto the mainland. I started having this feeling like, you know, I I need to go back to, there was a pub called Dunleavy's. I'm going to go to Dunleavy's and get a, a burger to eat. 
and it's, I was a little weird back then because as a personal trainer, I always planned out my meals. So I'm like, no, I'm sitting there having this inner conversation, this little argument, like one side's going, no, you've got something at home. And the other side's like, no, you want to go back. The other one's like, no, go, go home and just eat. There's no need to go spend money. And then finally I just pulled over, turned around, went back to get a burger. And when I went back to get this burger, I sit down at the bar and there's like one other person there, this lady, and she's sitting next to me and I order my food and um, she just starts talking to me and we're talking and she's like, is everything okay with you? And she was just sort of, I guess I was putting off an energy that was there. And she told me, she was like, just out of the blue, she's like, you need to go read this book. And she told me about this book called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. And I was like, okay. And we had this long, I mean, we had this conversation and she was telling me, she was like, the funny thing is, I don't even know why I'm here today. She's like, I just fed this feeling that I need to come here and eat and get my food and take it home to my family. We've already got food at home, but I just called them and said, I'm coming here to get food, take it home. And she said, and they messed up my order. I should have been gone like 30 minutes ago. And then you sat down and I felt like I needed to tell you about this book. And so I was like, okay, this is just a little bit crazy. So I left, I went home immediately. I ordered the book. It was before Amazon prime. So you didn't have like all these, um, you know, things. I, I think I ordered it from Barnes and Noble because at the time I went to the store, they didn't have it. So I ordered it and I read the book and I don't know if you've read that before. It's a great book, but I read this book and after reading the book, I started a lot of it was teaching things like, you know, mindfulness and how just to calm myself down, calm my brain down. So I did that during this period. I know this story's a little long, but during this period, after reading the book, I had this amazing dream one night that this guy who was one of my mentors, one of my friends when I was growing, I consider him a friend. He was a lot older, but I used to go to his basketball camp. And his name was Dick DiVenzio. He shows up in my dream and it's a really intense dream. And I hadn't seen or talked to them probably in 15 years. So I get up the next day, I go online, look him up, try to figure out how to get out. I see an email. I reach out via email. The next day I get an email from his brother who says that Dick was just diagnosed with terminal cancer and they didn't expect him to live for like another week. And he said, but I want to tell you something diff something even bigger than this. He's like, that stranger, you are like the second, either the second or third person that had reached out to them saying that Dick had shown up in this dream and it was such an intense dream that they felt like they needed to reach out. So come full story, first full circle, Dick passed away. I ended up going out and traveling that summer leaving my job behind, traveling that summer and teaching basketball camps with his brother, along with another guy who left his position as an attorney in his partnership because he had a visit from Dick as well. And we traveled the country. And when I came home from that, I was like a total different person. I was happy. I felt healed. And from there, I moved forward and I moved to where I live now. Um, and actually started on my entrepreneurial journey and wow talk about was, synchronicities that's crazy <laughs> yes it was and, it, so during this time were you like before you met this woman were you 
going through something like what's just my I mean just I was not happy I was you know in not a good position in life um I just come back from trying I was actually I'd left personal training to work another job and ended up moving back to the city that I grew up my father was there my father was going through deep depression and all these things were happening and he dealt with mental illness and so I think that a lot of that was pouring into my life too so when I went back to the location where I was where I met that lady I mean at that time I was just sort of I was not happy with life you know I was coming home from from work as a personal trainer every day where I was the healthy guy you know, helping people get healthy, helping them change their lives. And I would come home and I would fall asleep in my lazy boy every night, like staring at TV with a glass of, you know, liquor next to me and just like drinking myself to sleep and eating horrible food. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not, you know, my energy was so off. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was just a, I mean, it was something somebody was looking out for me somewhere and it pulled me in the right direction. And, uh, you know, that, that dream with, with Dick DiVenzio and it was like one of the most amazing situations because the, the other guy that actually came and went on the camp with us that had also been visited in a dream. I mean, this was somebody who was very successful. He had argued cases in front of Supreme, the Supreme court. His, his career was at his peak. And he left and walked away to go be a camp counselor at basketball coaches. I mean, at basketball camps. Yeah. Because he felt that, but he was miserable in his other job. And now he still do, he does that to this day. And he's like happy and thriving. And he's like, this is what I always wanted to do, but I never did it because nobody, I always did what I thought I should do. Right. And that was go to law school, go, you know, do the whole thing. And, um, it was just an amazing journey, but it did, it took, it brought me back to where I started serving others again without, you know, there was no money involved. I was helping these kids like all summer long. It was very healing. And when I came back, I started looking at my life from a different perspective, like, okay, what do I really want to do instead of what I should be doing? And I started learning about online marketing and that's where I got into the world of online marketing for the first time. So that was like your big turning point in your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. One of them, one of them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And so when you first started into entrepreneurship, what were you, what were you doing? You were doing marketing or. Well, I actually started by, I came home and I had no, I mean, this is, you know, we're talking about, my first online business was 20 years ago. Okay. Um, so, and I actually found it online. I went, I remember there's a website you can go to called like the Wayback Machine, um, like Wayback, W-A-Y-B-A-C-K.org, I think it is. And you can type in and it, it takes, it has like screen grabs of everything that's happened online. So, you know, if you're doing, if, if you've done something online, it's probably out there. But I went after a recent podcast interview, I was like, I wonder if that's up there. And I found my original business that was online, this horrible website. And it just looks like it's all, you know, it, it, it's so badly, the coding is so old that it doesn't actually completely show up on the screen, but it's, 
it's yeah. there, but it was, yeah, it was 20 years ago. I started, it was a um, website called Charleston Arts, et cetera. And basically I was, I was before Amazon was around, I was creating an e-com store where I went, I had friends that were artists who were um, people that did sweetgrass baskets, craftspeople who I'd met through my personal training. And I decided I wanted to help them and I knew how to get things online and they didn't. So I started selling their stuff through like an online portal. Yeah. Um, that was my first venture into the online world. And I just sort of self-taught myself from there to where I am now. Yeah. So I'm curious, how did that, how did that develop into what you're doing now with Infinite Impact? Well, that was, I mean, a hundred, hundred, 80 degrees different than what I do now, but um, it all, the one common thread through everything that I've done from offline to online has been serving others. Mm-hmm. You know, when I serve others, I feel like I'm at home. Um, like I, whenever I get off of like a quick coaching call or something, I'm just like inspired and fired up. You know, it's like, sitting here writing an article, working on, you know, a sales funnel, a marketing message. That's a necessity, but it's not what lights me up. So it's always everything I've done. There's been that common thread where I've helped serve others, whether it's serving others by, you know, helping them write their content, which I used to do a lot of content marketing and copywriting back in the day. Um, And now, you know, I've moved into more of a coaching consulting role because I've done almost all of the things that you need to do to run an online business through the years I've learned and I've figured them out. I'm not perfect at them. I still have a lot of learning, but um, yeah, so I've gone more into the coaching consulting role at this point. Yeah. My, one of my personal beliefs is that in order to be both fulfilled and successful you have to be doing something that is contributing towards other people's lives and uh, to helping other people i believe that's you know why we're here is to help lift each other up it is and i mean that and you asked me that made me that reminded me there was another impactful thing that happened this was two years ago the first time i went to funnel hacking live which is a big marketing event through ClickFunnels for people that don't know. And um, I was there with my business partner for my last business. And, you know, I was fulfilled in that job as well. We, I was working with somebody who I consider a mentor and a friend, um, but it was his vision, his thing. You know, I was serving him to help him serve his mission. Right. And I go to this event, and while I'm sitting there, I'm watching these entrepreneurs come, and I had no idea what to expect. I'm thinking it's an internet marketing thing. People are gonna be up there. It's gonna be like sort of techie and this and that. And instead, like the first couple of speakers were these amazing women that came on stage and they started talking about their tribes that they had built and the impact that they were making. And they were sharing stories And they were almost coming to tears with these stories of transformation that they were getting in these people by, you know, with their products and services. Um, So they were making money. So the focus, the money part was not lost. It was, you know, that was still there, but the impact and like every person that came on stage that weekend, it was like, I got chills constantly. I could feel my goosebumps. And um, it was there that I 
first had like the next sort of tap on my shoulder that was like, okay, it's time for you to sort of step out from behind the curtain. You know, you've been helping, you've been serving others, but you can go out and take it a step farther, go bigger and serve more people. Um, so I waited, I had already committed to my business partner to help him grow that business. So I stuck with it for that year. We kept grinding and doing well. We took it from zero to half a million dollars in 12 months. And, you know, I, I got profit sharing. I had equity in the company and I walked away from all of it because I was like, I had that tap on the shoulder that weekend. And I just told, I had to sit down and have this hard conversation with him, which he made very easy. Um, but I was like, I just, I feel this need to go out and impact other people's lives. I don't know how yet. I don't know what the mission is, but it's not where I am now because I'm just the guy behind the computer figuring out things and not going out and really, you know, getting that one-on-one -on -one or getting to impact other people. So um, that was the, the next sort of act in my life. So I don't know what act that is, like act 24, act 20. I mean, we go through a lot of different, that's the way I read it the other day. I was like, this is, life is a lot like a play. There's a lot of different acts in our lives. Um, yeah, and this, so, yeah. Is, this is one of uh, my favorite parts about your story, actually, because you were in a very successful, you know, position with that business and you made the decision to walk away from that. And, and to me, like, that's very impactful because a lot of times there's so much fear behind that and people will stay stuck in positions. It's not a bad position. It's not like you hated it, but it wasn't mm -hmm. your full potential of what you're truly here to do. And so I'm curious, like, how was that like how did that feel was there a lot of fear or how was that transition i know you have a family and everything like that like was that difficult it well yeah i mean the first difficult step was i had a family through the business yeah. um because we had we had gone from myself a va and pat my business partner to growing an actual team and within that team, we had, you know, one guy who I still communicate with and he had, he was able to buy, a, buy his wife and family a new home because they were getting ready to have their first child. So they needed a home, a bigger house, able to buy a house, keep the other one as a rental investment for their future. We had another guy who him and his wife were living in a part of the neighborhood where they didn't feel that safe in this one neighborhood and they were able to move to another place. And I'm thinking, okay, this is really awesome, but it also made me fearful that if I left, that the business would collapse. Cause I was sort of the guy that not, I'm not trying to, this egos, I'm not speaking from ego, but more from, I was integral in setting up every system. And my problem all along was I didn't have enough trust in everybody. You know, I think that was one of my issues. Um, and I should have known better because they were all great people and they did, were able to continue it. But I was, I was scared about, I was fearful of that. I was fearful of letting people down, them down first, because I hadn't really thought out the, the money issue yet. Um, then I was sort of, you know, like, how am I going to have this conversation with Pat? Because, you know, we had gone from me just being a contractor, working with him to being a business partner, to being a friend. Yeah. And 
I was like, how is this going to happen? And I actually just got off another interview and he was like, how was that conversation? I was like, which conversation? You mean the one I had two weeks in my head before <laughs> I ever had the actual one or the actual conversation? Because <laughs> for about two weeks when I knew I was going to have it, it was like every day I'm having these like pretend conversations that are never going to, you know, they never existed in the real world. Um, but then when I went to meet with him, I mean, I remember it like, you know, I can still visualize the situation because it was downtown in the Starbucks and we live in a college town and a busy little downtown. People are coming and going. It was like nine o'clock in the morning. So a lot of people are going on their way to work, school, kids are coming in, college kids. And it was almost like there was this zone where it was just, I was sitting there and it was all this noise going on, but I wasn't even processing it because I was so stressed out about the conversation I had to have. And then when I told him that I'd made the decision, he just looked at me, he's like, how can I help? Mm. And I was like, holy mackerel. I mean, I felt like my body just almost felt like it went limp because I'd been so tense for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and I should have known it would be like that because that's the kind of person he is. So that part was over with. And then I still hadn't really planned out. I, I don't think I was even worried about the future because I felt like it was such a the right decision um, that I didn't really worry about the money you know how I was gonna how I was gonna do anything what I was gonna do and I actually spent about the first six months not really focused on what I was gonna do but by first making myself better by transforming myself um, because I knew I was scared. The biggest thing I was scared of is if I take the first opportunity that it's going to take me down the wrong path again, that I have to be clear on myself, you know, at peace with myself, know myself to know what I want to do. Um, so, so that was like the first six months, just sort of getting clear on that. And to be honest, I mean, I still have times where I get stressed because, the money isn't where it was before yet. Um, it's coming, but not yet. But I still wake up, but I tell myself that I wake up and I have, you know, I have a gratitude practice every morning. So that helps get me in the right vibration and the right mindset. So I don't really worry about it. Like today, I had this thing come to me this morning. It was like, you know, just go into your day, be totally effortless in your day and live in the present moment. And it's like little things like that. If I remember to, to get in tune with that first thing in the morning when I wake up, like I woke up today and today has been totally effortless. I told myself this morning it would be, and it has been. Um, so that's a long, a long answer to your question. Yeah. So you brought up a couple of things in here, you know, one is attuning your vibrations and things of, of that nature. Have you always kind of had this, view of the world or is that something that has developed over time it's been no it hasn't but you know what's funny is I look back and um I see a lot of a, it's like a cycle yeah because when I had that time back when I when I met that person in the bar the lady and she told me about the book I really got deep into a lot of um you know more metaphysical spiritual things where I was reading a lot of like Wayne Dyer books. I was, you know, just looking into um, reading books on Buddhism and doing things like that. And I actually, <clears throat> it's funny because I was reading a book recently 
that was discussing how, you know, we, that the universe is within us and we are within, we're all just one part of the universe. So it's really basically all within us. And I just thought about, I was like, holy crap. I was like, you know, I've got, I've got a few tattoos, which you can't see, but one of my tattoos that I got probably 15 years ago when this was all sort of, when that cycle was happening was I got a tattoo of like the universe. I went and told my tattoo artist that I wanted it to look like my skin, like you could pull my skin apart on my shoulder and the universe would be coming out of it. And then I read this in a book just the other day and it sent me back in time. And I was like, I was actually in tune with a lot of the things that I'm in tune with now, more purposefully now, but they were there then and I just wasn't ready for that knowledge yet, but it was there, you know, so. Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, it's, it's really amazing. It's like, you know, it, cause I had a discussion with the guy yesterday and he was talking about how 20 years ago he wrote in his journal that he wanted to, he, he always wrote things like goals. And then he said, but I also write big goals, like magic goals, things that just seem unattainable. But he said, you have to put those in your journal. And he, he wrote down something about changing um, the way that the education system works for our younger children as they come up through school. And 20 years later, he is now, I mean, he, he, all that was sort of put out of his mind. Then he had a health scare. Something happened. He ended up um, writing a book with all these things in it to his son because he was like, I laid on the floor thinking I was going to die and my son would never know these things. So he wrote them out. Then now, it, and throughout this though, but he's working with like the University of North Florida to work on um, bringing in things like meditation and um, different teachings like that for kids in the educational system. And he just happened to open this journal up and look 20 years ago to like almost the date he had written then that he wanted to do that. He was like, so I planted the seed and for 20 years that seed's been growing and it just now came out. Um, so yeah, so it's just amazing how those things happen. I love that. And, and you guys, I just want you to take note of something that he said here. The seed was planted and then he left it alone. He didn't obsess over it. He didn't stress about it. He just did it out of, uh, you know, an intuition. Something made him have that feeling that he wanted to do that. He wrote it down and then he kind of forgot about it and then it happened. And this is something that I have noticed so much in my life as well with my manifestations is when I set the intention and then I release it and I just, I just have a faith and a trust and I just forget about it then it happens. But if I write down an intention and then every day I'm like, okay, when's it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? Then it doesn't happen because that obsession is a resistance against it. That's coming from a place of fear that it's not ever going to happen. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. That's true though, that's definitely true. And he didn't, he is like, I, I have not thought about this for, you know, he started, he had a family, he had to go out, he started a career as a landscape architect um, and designer and went about his business all these years until that health scare happened and it almost triggered him and pushed him into this new path. And he's like, ever since he, he told, it was an amazing story. He said, ever since he, um, 
he started like he had that health issue and then he, he started like doing these things that he had talked about 20 years ago all these co coincidences are coming in play like he randomly met this person who just showed up one day i can't remember he told me the story but the guy used to work at nickelodeon as a um and he was an illustrator so he just randomly showed up out of the blue had moved from long island or long beach california all the way to florida jacksonville jacksonville beach florida on the east coast for some reason that seemed very random and then he shows up meets this guy and now he illustrated all the pictures in the guy's book <laughs> so he was like you know all these things are happening now and it's all almost because of the seed I planted 20 years ago. Yeah, synchronicities, um, man. I don't, I don't believe in coincidences. Personally, I believe everything is happening for a reason. Even if we yeah. can't, you know, even if we can't see what it is, every step, I mean, I'm sure you feel this in your journey as well. Every step that you have taken in your life you had to have taken you had to have gone through that business with your friend you had to have gone through all of those experiences to get to that point that you are now yeah it's true i mean that and i think now i'm like why did i wait all this time to start doing what i'm doing well i, I wouldn't have been ready i mean i just would not have been ready it's just like some people are like why did you wait to have a child when you were the age, because I was 44 when I had my daughter. And it's like, oh, I don't know. I just never really thought about it before, first of all. But I would have never. But when I look back on my life pre that time, I would have been the absolute worst, you know, parent. Who knows? I might have changed. You know, you can always say that. But I, at the time, I was not ready. My life was not ready. My journey, it was not time. And um, yeah, so I think that that I think what you said is true and it's something that I try to focus on a lot too is not to it's funny because I have I went to a float tank my daughter got me this like gift certificate to a float tank and I went and they have these stickers and they say do more nothing and the funny thing is is that you know I look at that and you know obviously you could look at it and think oh what are you just laying around being lazy at the spa I'm like no I don't think they mean that I think they mean it in the way that, you know, like what you're just saying, do more, nothing. Don't, don't expect it. Just put it out there. Let it happen. You know, go down the river, not up the river. Um, so yeah, it's, I think the journey though, I think going back to your question, the journey, we have to just be patient and trust because you'll be in the right place at the right time. And so another thing that I know is really important to you and something that you help people with is stepping into their authenticity and being their true self. I'm curious, you know, at these days in this community, um, I make fun of myself for it all the time, but authenticity is definitely kind of like a buzzword. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what does that, what does that mean to you? And what are some things that you do personally to make sure that you are living in your truth and you are living in your personal authenticity? Yeah, I think, well, you know, it's funny because one of the reasons that it took me as long as it did to get to this point now where I'm putting something out that, that I'm getting ready to launch something new in um, the new year. And the reason it took me so long that I look back now, I'm like, I wasn't ready. I wasn't in my authentic self yet. And I had to go, everything that I'm getting ready to teach 
is what I learned and a lot of it over the last year. Um, You know, a lot, what I did, like I was explaining the first six months or so was working on myself. I got up every morning and I started putting together a morning routine that consisted of meditating. Um, You know, well, I'll, I'll go through the way I do it. The way I do it is I drink like 36 or 40 something ounces of water right out of the gate. Well, first, first things first, I don't, check my emails or anything at all. That stays, notifications are off, everything's off. Get up, drink my water, um, go outside usually to have like a cup of coffee, but I'll meditate, I'll have coffee, I'll read something, I don't read anything like a business book, I read like something spiritual. Um, I'll listen to the, I, I spent like a long time listening to the Dalai Lama, I would watch his, his um, videos because there's just something about him when I like see him, I just feel happy. Yeah. I mean, he's like, you, you just feel this glow, his happiness, his love that just sort of comes off of him. So I would watch like some of his videos of him talking and that would be my morning routine. And then I, well, I'd wrap it up outside. I'd do gratitude because I have a friend who created a gratitude app. So I would actually write down five things. So I would use my phone for meditating and for gratitude, but none of the email and Facebook stuff. Um, then I would exercise and have a green drink. So that was my morning routine. And I set aside that time to have no interruptions. I mean, I even, I would go outside and do it. So I didn't, you know, I wouldn't be involved with my family. Not that I don't love my family, my wife and child, but it was like, I need to go out here and have this time for me to set my intention for the day, to get myself, you know, to that better vibrational level. And I really focused on that and I got to know myself in that time. And that's how I say, you know, you have to, when I talk about authentic self, I'm like, a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, I practice, I'm working on my mindset. It's like, well, you know, just sitting down and like reading something or meditating isn't just necessarily, it's great, that's good. But to get to your authentic self, you have to like start going in and looking at things and looking at yourself, not judging, give yourself grace, but look at yourself and be like, and forgive yourself. One, that's like one of the biggest things. Um, forgive yourself for the way you, the things you've done that you're not happy with, but don't hold it against yourself. Let it go. But you have to go into that discomfort zone. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, it's like the buzzword is mindset. Mind, you have to have the right mindset. It's like, well, the right mindset isn't just like thinking, okay, I've got to hustle 24 seven or the right mindset is I've, I've got to meditate like once every two months, you know, the right being authentic means actually getting to know yourself on a level that's like uncomfortable, you know, and then just becoming happy with it and liking yourself. Yeah. And I I just want to touch on one of the things that you said is you said, you know, you take that time for the the morning without your family. And you said, you know, obviously I love them. Um, But one, one thing I want to point out is by you doing that, that's actually showing a massive amount of love to your family because how are you supposed to show up for your wife and your daughter when you're not in the right mental space to, to do that, you know, so you taking that time alone by yourself to get centered and to get in the right space is actually showing a massive amount of love towards them so that you can show up for them in the best way possible. I mean, that's why I wake up 
you know, I do the same thing. If I don't wake up, you know, at my scheduled time to wake up so I can have two hours in the morning alone before I have to wake my daughter up for school, I'm not a good mom. Like I'm, I'm more reactive and I'm not as patient. And so like, that's crucial for me to be able to show up and to love her. So I just want to point that out because I want you to make sure that you know, you know, yeah, that's no, I, love. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, um, you know, it's funny because my daughter, it's like, she knows it's like, I'm not, I don't snap at her anymore. I don't get angry anymore. I mean, yeah, sure. I get disappointed in things that happen, but I'm not like that angry father. And, you know, that's not like, that's not me anyway. I'm not like an angry person, but it was, you know, stress levels so high and always working and never taking the time to decompress and take that time for ourselves for self-care. Um, it just put me in a bad place to where I was not. And my, I mean, my biggest goal through all of this was to be a good father first, you know, to my daughter, because I didn't have the best father um, you know, one thing that I don't tell a lot of people, I'll tell everybody on here is that one of the things that happened when I came back through that cycle of, um, you know, going off to the camps after I got the book and the dream and everything, and I came back, I spent like a week with my parents and, um, my dad was like really like having struggles then mentally ill. And at, at one point, I woke up one morning, like to this blood curdling scream and my father like had was threatening, was trying to kill my mother and was going to kill her with a hammer and then was going to kill me and kill the cat. He had it all planned out and it was all from his mental, you know, problems. But, um, so that was a big thing for me was like, okay, one thing about that, you can look at it in a way like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. And this, and then, you know, then he, he went on and passed away and died and sort of disconnected from the rest of us. But it brought me and my mom to a place that we had never been before really connected. I mean, so can, I've got a tattoo of her on my portrait on my arm and people are always like, Oh, that's so nice. And I'm like, she's not dead. It's okay. You can talk about her. She's still alive. I just did it for her to it. Cause what good is it after the fact, you know, I mean, she can't see it then. Well, she might be able to, but, um, but it, you know, you could look at that part of my life as being something that was just a horrible thing that happened to me. But I look at it as almost a gift because it brought me and my mother together. And it also, it almost flipped a switch in me to where I went from being almost this person that wasn't living responsibly, wasn't, you know, just to a totally different person. And it also helped me once I became a father to say, okay, this is, the one thing I can say for him is that, you know, and it's, it's sort of funny because he was a good father in a lot of ways, but very emotionally unattached. And then all that stuff that happened was all mental illness. Yeah. You know, it wasn't him as a person, but, you know, it sort of laid the groundwork for me to sort of look at him and say, okay, I'm not going to be that way. I'm not going to be the guy that works all the time who comes home and is totally mentally detached, emotionally detached. I've got to be there for my daughter. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that self work 
was necessary to get to my authentic self so I could bring myself back because I had sort of, you know, while I was enjoying work and doing that work, it was pulling me away from the father I wanted to be and taking me away from my authentic self. Yeah. Wow. I mean, listening to that, it kind of blows my mind because I had my story is very similar with that. And, you know, I grew up with a dad who's very smart and, you know, a, a good father, you know, quote unquote, a good father, but again, um, has some stuff going on that makes it so that he can't connect on an emotional level and drinking problems and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I came from, and it, you know, I grew up, I didn't need anything. I didn't want for anything. So, I mean, a lot of ways he provided, but, and then I also have to look at where he came from and the situation that he came from was really bad. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, at one point this year, I actually, I finally, during this six months of contemplation and getting to my authentic self, I actually and I heard Russell Brunson say this of all the, all things you ever hear, like a marketing guru say, he was talking about forgiveness. Yeah. And the one thing you have to do if you're going to be successful in life or in business is you have to learn to forgive. And he was talking about, so, I mean, I actually went out and I, I didn't force myself, but I actually for the first time ever sat, meditated on it, let it sort of, my mind get quiet and then tried to focus on him as much as possible and then forgave him. And then, then I made the realization that, wait a minute, you start forgiving the most important person and that's yourself. So then I had to forgive myself. And then once I did that, everything was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, the thing with forgiveness, at least what I've noticed is it's a process. Like it takes, some time you will do some you'll do something you'll feel like okay this is great things will start rolling in a positive direction and then something might come up again later and you're like oh wait i haven't totally dove all the way in yet <laughs> and yeah. you have to keep kind of like chipping away at it as as it comes at least i don't know if that's something you've noticed in your life but it's definitely no, it's probably yeah it's i thought i it was funny it's funny you bring that up and you're spot on because i remember when i did it it's like okay that's done you know <laughs> like all celebrating oh and i have to worry about that again and then all of a sudden you're right i mean like things would like you know maybe it's a time of year maybe it's like something that your family used to do together maybe it's you know something that reminds you of something it's like all of a sudden then it comes back you're like okay you can feel that little bit of constraint and stress and then you're like okay maybe i do need to keep working on this so yeah unfortunately yeah. it's not just a pill you can take once i don't think be done with it i i wish i wish yeah no i recently actually had to deal with that as well because i've done a lot of work um you know forgiving my family for everything during my childhood and just realizing what got them to that point to be in that space and and how it wasn't you know a, nothing was personal it wasn't against me but my i had my family here for thanksgiving and i felt something starting to come up again and i realized <laughs> okay there is still there's still more work to do there's still more we gotta do here that's a big step though to actually have them there i guess and yeah, yeah so yeah well good for you oh thank you um, so how, like, so you do coaching, so I'm curious, how, how has mentorship played a role in your life? 
do you have people that you are kind of lean on that you look up to in that way? I do actually. Um, I, well, for one, my business partner, Pat, who I, you know, we still go to lunch at, at least once a month. And, you know, he, I consider him a mentor, even though he may not really think of himself as a mentor. It's, it's almost like mentorship by example, uh, because he is just such a, you know, a good person. And I, you know, I see a lot in him, what I want to make sure I am being, I mean, he's very family first, you know, always giving, always serving, no expectation. And we're talking about somebody who's, if you saw him, you know, you'd see him, he looks like me, doesn't have hair, but he's always like, he's always got like, you know, cargo pants and a t-shirt and flip-flops. He's going to yoga and, you know, just, and the guy is, I don't, I don't know how much money he has, but he's got a lot, a lot of money. He's very wealthy, but his wealth comes more from his being the way he is than the actual money in his bank account. And it was just surprising to me actually, cause I went and I've researched him first before I started working with him. Um, just to see like all this stuff out there, like, Oh my gosh, this guy has got, he sold over a billion dollars worth of real estate. He was the number one real estate agent for Keller Williams and Remax, both in the entire world. He retired when he was 46 years old. He's got like a hundred different streams of income coming in. And I'm thinking, okay, who's this person I'm going to meet? Am I going to like this person? Because I started having all these feelings of like, you know, is he going to be somebody who reminds me of my past and I'm not going to really enjoy this. And then I went and met him and I was just like, wow, this guy is just so authentic and just giving and serving and caring and, you know, compassionate. And so I would consider him a mentor definitely. And then, um, as far as other people I've learned from who I'm in a coaching program, Russell Brunson's coaching program. And some of these, uh, that my coaches, I don't know them as personally as I do with Pat. So I wouldn't maybe consider them a personal mentor, but they like Russell Brunson himself, one of the most authentic, caring, nice guys out there. He's just somebody family first. So I look at him and I think that's why I'm so connected with that tribe because I connected with him. And like I said, when I went to Funnel Hacking Live and I just felt that the, it was an entrepreneurship event, but it was not about money. It was about serving and contributing and impact. And I just, I fed off of that. Yeah. Um, so I would consider all, you know, my coaches that are in that program definitely as coaches slash mentors as well. But, um, but yeah, so I think it's important to have that. And I'll tell you what else is really important for everybody that's watching this as an entrepreneur. It's a lonely, lonely job. It's a lonely, you know, profession. You know, we can sit here, you and I, this is great when you connect. That's one reason that's great about having a podcast yeah. is you can connect. But, you know, I spent so much time before I relaunched, but well, before I launched my podcast that I have now, because before I was just the strategy guy, I was the marketing guy behind the scenes, but I spent all that time and you're sort of in a, you know, a vacuum, you know, you're behind your computer, you're not communicating generally like my friends that I grew up with, they don't understand this whole sort of world that I'm in now because they're not doing it. 
um, and you can get, it can get lonely. So the people that are in this coaching group with me, once you get into that tribe and you connect with the right ones, it really is good to have that support group. And the thing is, is that I think, well, I know that um, once you get in a group and are, are surrounded with that supportive, non-judgmental community of people going through the same journey you're going through, that will actually help you rise to your authentic self even farther than you thought you would when you're doing it alone. Yeah. So I think that's just as important as mentorship is having, you know, those, you know, brothers and sisters that you've met this going through this stuff with you that you can talk like this morning. I have a, I have a friend that we get on the call every Wednesday morning. And at first there was a purpose behind it. You know, we were putting something together. We actually did podcast episodes together where we would, we would read a chapter in a book, not talk about it together, then jump on, set a timer for 10 minutes and just go at it. Like what we got out of the chapter and he would talk about it. And so it was cool to get the different perspective, but we found ourselves slowly like, okay, this isn't really going anywhere business wise. So we just kept the calls going. And now it's just like, hey, how are you doing? What, what are you up to? You know, what can I help you with? And, you know, we just talk to each other because he knows what I'm going through and I know what he's going through. So I think that connection is very, very important for entrepreneurs that are listening to this because it can get lonely if you don't have that, you know. Yeah, it really, I mean, it really becomes like a, a second family, at least through the different mentorship and coaching like group programs that I have been in, the people that I have met through those groups have become, like you said, you know, my brothers and sisters, like, they are my family, they understand what I'm going through. It is very hard. It's very, it can be very lonely, especially when you're in that initial stage of leaving behind everything, all the conventional of what you have thought about the world and what you have thought you were capable of and you're trying to break through into this new chapter you kind of have to disconnect from anything that's not serving you at that moment and sometimes people don't take that very well <laughs> <laughs> right and it's and if you don't i mean if you if they don't understand what you're going through it's hard for them to empathize with you um, so you need, you need the people that know what you're going through, you know, that are going through that same journey, people to celebrate victories with you. Um, which is another thing I would say is if you got, if you're like me, whoever's listening to this as entrepreneurs, you need to learn to celebrate the smallest victories, remind yourself, you know, like yesterday, last night, I, I didn't want to do it. I was tired, but I knew I needed to get this podcast episode finished and ready to publish on Thursday and I did it and I went to bed and I was like okay I'm actually sort of proud of myself because I you know I was like I was about ready to just close my computer and stop and I was like that's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things but it's like you know you have to remember to celebrate those victories and like that one thing I learned the morning I had a I keep a whiteboard over here and um my morning routine actually I used to just get up and do the morning routine but then I started writing down like everything I do in the morning so I had like you know meditate gratitude hydrate exercise and after I did each one I got my little um what do you call it little marker 
and I check, put a green check mark next to it. And I'm like, why? I'm like, why is that such a big deal? I do them every morning, but you know what? Sometimes you get so caught up in like all of a sudden when you do pick up your phone and you do start answering messages and you do get caught up into that reactive world that sometimes you can get carried away and you feel like, Oh, I didn't accomplish anything today. And you can look over and go, Oh, I got check marks next to all of my morning routines. So that's a victory. You know, I love that. Sometimes I, I do the same, I do the same thing. I do the same exact thing. Sometimes even if I'm having kind of like a little bit more of a down day, I'm not feeling very good about myself. I will make a list of all of the things that I've already done, whether that be like make my bed, I fed my child breakfast. Like it could be like the most mundane, simple thing. And I will write it all down and I will put a green check mark next to it just the same as what you're saying because it triggers me to be like, oh look it, I have accomplished things. Like maybe exactly. Maybe I haven't, you know, done a TED talk today, but I've done all of these things. Yeah, that's like the um, you know, it's funny because uh, Carla, the the lady that created the app, gratitude app, she talks about you know gratitude and a lot of people she's like the thing that people get wrong about gratitude is they feel like it has to be some grand amazing thing she's like just get up and you know it could be like i'm i'm you know i'm grateful for the fact that you know it's a cool crisp morning or i'm grateful for the fact that you know i got up and i had the coffee tasted good She's yeah. like, just, it's the act of actually just doing it. So even though, you know, we may think it's inconsequential to put a check mark next to, oh, I drank my water this morning. It's still, it's something to celebrate. It's something that puts you in that higher frequency where you're, you're accomplishing something. Because a lot of times you'll feel like you might get to the end of the day and just like, oh, I didn't get anything done today. And you have to have those small victories to, to feel better about your day. <laughs> I completely agree and oh my goodness like we could talk for hours this is the same thing that happened when I was on your podcast <laughs> right <laughs> so fast um but I do like to keep these I try to keep them at least under an hour so if there's like a final thought that you would like to leave with people today what what would that be um well I like to always go back to you know well a couple things but you know being focused on your authentic self don't be afraid to be yourself and to you know step through when you start to feel constraint or push back from yourself just step through it knowing that there's greater things ahead and when you if you are and when you start to rise into your most authentic self that gives you the opportunity to really start transforming others' lives, which is what we all wanna do. But you can't do it until you focus on yourself first. So like you said, you know, it's not being selfish, it's just self-care, take care of yourself, get into that authentic zone. Then, this is what I'll say, this is real quick, I'll wrap it up by just giving these four points because this is part of the infinite impact method and it's something that during meditation, I told you that story about it was sort of downloaded into my brain and I wrote it out on my whiteboard and I was just like inspired and on fire and, you know, teaching to my blinds in the window. <laughs> and then my cat was probably sitting there like, what's wrong with him today? Um, but 
these four words came to me and they're rise, shine, simplify, and serve. And basically the whole pretext is you rise into your authentic self, you shine to attract and affect, you simplify to take quantum leaps in your life and in your business, and then you serve to transform lives. Yeah. So those four simple words, if you focus on doing that every day, you're going to have great days and you're going to make a, you know, an impact on the world and change somebody's life. Wow. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Oh my goodness. Okay, you guys. So if you want to hear more of Evans, you need to go and check out his podcast. It's the Im- Infinite Impact Radio podcast, correct? Yes. And yep, yep. on all the platforms, you can find him. Uh, definitely listen. I did an interview with him as well. So you can hear that. We dove into a lot of fun stuff. Um, where else can people find you and can tell a little bit about what you're going to launch soon? Or Yeah, well, sure, sure. You can find me. Probably Facebook is easy. You know, you just type in Evans Putman and I think there's two of us. One is my personal profile. One's my page. So I think you can't go wrong either way. Um, Send me a message, whatever. I love to talk. I love to make new friends and connections on there. And then also you can go to um, www.infiniteimpactmethod. That's infiniteimpactmethod.com. And that's where in 2020, I'm going to be releasing my new coaching program that revolves around those four main steps, the rise, shine, simplify, and serve. So anybody that's a social entrepreneur, a change maker, a purpose-driven entrepreneur, I'd love to connect with you because you're my tribe. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And you guys, I will put a link to his Facebook profile and to his website in the show notes. I also will put a link, um, you have your podcast guide, can I put a link to that? Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. You, can you share a little bit about your podcast guide real quick? Um, you can go to, well, I created, it's, it's onepodcastaway.com forward slash grow. So one, the word one, onepodcastaway.com forward slash grow. And it's an actual case study video about 30 minutes long. So it's not just fluff, it's actual tactics. I, I try to over deliver on value in it, but it gives you the exact three step process that we used with my last business to go from about 10,000 listeners a month to averaging 150,000 listeners a month in only eight months. So I know my, the biggest pain point with podcasters is how do I get more listeners? How do I get more listeners? That's how you can go get more listeners. Just go get that. And um, it's free. Watch the video and start putting in those tactics and you'll start to grow your listeners. Okay, awesome, you guys. So yeah, that's an awesome free resource that he has. And I will put a link to that in the description as well as his Facebook page if you want to get in contact with him. And then definitely check out his website for his coaching program that's coming up. He is amazing. He has 20 20 years of entrepreneurial experience under his belt. So I highly recommend connecting with him. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you very much. I've loved it. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of the Becoming the Big Me podcast. 
If you found value in today's episode, make sure to leave us a review and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this message. That's how our podcast grows. Are you curious about learning more about harnessing the power of your subconscious mind? Then join the free Rewire Challenge, where we dive deep into the subconscious mind, how it works, and give you some tangible action steps to begin rewiring it to serve you. Go to bit.ly slash rewire challenge. That's bit.ly slash rewire challenge. Until next time, I'm your host, Jamila Bernie, signing out. Thank you.